Hey guys, welcome back to The Crime Couch. I'm your host, Kaylee Campbell, and today we're going to be talking about the case that actually hits really close to home for me. So close, it actually comes from my hometown in Midlothian, Texas. This is such a weird and unusual case, especially because of the town that it's based in. There hasn't been a murder in Midlothian in over seven years, and when it happened, it just completely shocked everyone because nobody saw this ever happening right down the street. I have been waiting to cover this case for a really long time, and I'm so excited to finally be able to share this mysterious murder with you all. If you know me, you know I'm the absolute biggest fan of Crime Junkie, and when I heard that they did an episode over the Missy Beavers case, I got really excited and sent it to literally all of my friends. This case happened right down the road from my house, and it has definitely stayed in the back of my mind since 2016, because to this day, they have not found any explanation as to what happened that early morning on April 18th, 2016. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one. Carrie Beavers, more commonly known as Missy, was a 45-year-old fitness instructor known and loved in the community for her kind and generous personality. She instructed for a company known locally by many called Camp Gladiator. Camp Gladiator is an early morning boot camp style class that many people in the town, mostly adults, attend. Missy hosted many of her classes inside the Creekside Church right off Highway 287 in Midlothian very early in the morning around 5.30 a.m. It was at this church, while she was there prepping for her morning class like she did every other time, when the tragic murder occurred. Missy lived with her husband, Brandon Beavers, and three children in another small town just minutes away from Midlothian called Red Oak and she drove from here to the church early in the morning to host her classes. On the morning of April 18th, 2016, she headed out around 4 a.m. and she arrived at the church parking lot at 4.16 a.m., which was captured by the church's surveillance cameras. Shortly after she arrived, Missy's students showed up for her early morning class expecting to see her welcoming face, but instead stumbled upon a horrific and gruesome scene. There laying on the floor was Missy's lifeless body in a pool of blood and surrounded by glass. It was very clear to all of her students that found her that she wasn't breathing and they had no idea how or why this had even happened in the first place. Missy was so kind and loving towards everybody she knew and nobody knew any reason that someone would want to do this to her. The Midlothian Police Department received a call from one of her students claiming that Missy's mutilated body had been found inside the church. She was unresponsive and her body showed multiple puncture wounds in her head and her chest. According to the Midlothian Police Department official report from that night, it only took 10 minutes for both police and firefighters to show up on the scene. 
When the police arrived, they first noticed that there was obvious signs of forced entry into the building. From the looks of it, this was a very thought-out and passion-driven crime. Like I said earlier, murders just don't happen in Midlothian. That's for big cities like Dallas and Fort Worth. But it's very uncommon and one hasn't happened in over seven years. Everyone's worst fears are confirmed when the police say that this was absolutely no accident, Missy has been murdered, and they have no clue who had the motive to do it. After reviewing the footage of the church taken that night, it is shown that there is a strange figure moving around the church halls early in the morning around 3am. On this camera footage, you can clearly see this person walking around with a tool in their hand that a lot of people assume is a hammer but has not yet been officially confirmed. In their left hand, the suspect is holding a long white box. This white box was never really mentioned to the public as being something of interest, but multiple people have suspected that it may have the logo of the gun store down the street on the exterior of the box. This footage is bone chilling, and I remember watching it multiple times to try and see if I could see anything distinct that stood out. This figure is seen entering the church at around 3.50am and slowly pacing the halls while nonchalantly opening doors and hitting the walls with the strange tool believed to be a hammer. This is very erratic behavior and it almost looks as if they are trying to stage a break-in to cover up a murder. One thing that is interesting about this particular individual is the way they are dressed. They're wearing full tactical gear and are dressed as a police officer from head to toe. Honestly, it's really creepy and eerie just to watch. Something else that stands out about them is the way that they walk. If you look closely, you can almost see like this weird limp or gait in the way that they walk, and police picked up on that pretty quickly. A forensic podiatrist was called in to examine this weird limp but nothing ever came of this and it turned out to be inconclusive. There was a lot of speculations around this limp, and while some people believe it is a very distinct clue, others say that there is a possibility it could have been fake. The attire that the suspect was wearing looked to be too big on them, and if they were wearing shoes that were a larger size, then it would have been difficult to walk around in them normally. After further review, the police have claimed to believe this individual is between 5'2 and 5'8, and this does seem to be a very broad range for height, but this uncertainty is due to the helmet they were wearing. Because the outfit on the individual is oversized, we can't really tell their actual height, and so the police estimate that within the helmet, there may be a four or five inch difference between the actual person's height and what the helmet is measuring up to. They are also unable to tell whether this individual is male or female, but in my personal opinion, I think it's a female solely because of the motive and the anger and passion they had towards this crime. It was at this point that the case really started to get into people's heads and everyone wanted to figure out who this mysterious person was. I mean, coming from the town myself, everyone was definitely on high alert and they didn't know whether to think this person would strike again or if they were walking around and blending in with everybody else. 
It's scary to think you could have easily passed the suspect in the store or right on the street. Now, when studying a lot of cases where women are found murdered, it is very easy to assume that the first suspect is the partner. In fact, around 90% of murder cases where the victim is a woman, the killer ends up being the husband. This caused everyone in town to quickly turn their head towards Missy's own husband, Brandon. Brandon is a loving father of three children, and from the outside, it looked as if he was in a loving relationship with Missy for over 20 years. According to the police articles, Brandon was 600 miles away on a fishing trip when his wife was murdered and his alibi checks out with the police. Although their marriage looked to be picture perfect from the outside perspective, there were many issues and allegations of unfaithfulness that came up throughout this investigation. One instance in particular was after the police went through Missy's LinkedIn profile, they found some really strange messages from an unknown person. Now, normally, Missy used LinkedIn to spread information about her classes, and it wasn't strange for people to interact with her on her social media account. It was strange, however, the kinds of messages the police ended up finding after going through her account. Some of them were exchanged between an unknown male that was not known by Missy, Brandon, or anyone close to them. These messages were considered to be very creepy and strange, according to some sources, but to others, they hinted at being more friendly and flirty in nature. Unfortunately, these messages have never been released to the public, so we can't know for sure, but it's still very strange nonetheless. If they were indeed flirty, this hints that their marriage may not have been as flawless as the town believed. If either Missy or Brandon happen to be having affairs, this does seem like a very logical reason for somebody to get angry and want to commit such a heinous crime. I read some things about how she may have been having affairs with people in the police department, while I also read that Brandon may have also been having affairs, and the media saw this and completely ran with it. Once the media got a hold of this information, they really honestly milked it in my opinion, and this became very unfair to both Brandon and his children. One of his daughters did attend my high school, and although I didn't know her personally, I know she ended up having to leave school for a little bit because of all of the hate that she was getting from social media. She was getting text messages and death threats from random people on Facebook telling her that her father had done it, telling her that her grandpa had done it, and it's just absurd the way that their daughters had been treated in this whole situation. There was a speculation that was brought up later within the media that Brandon and his father had hired a hitman in order to kill Missy because Brandon didn't want to continue on with his relationship with his wife given all the affairs that each one was dealing with. And I don't personally believe it was a hitman, only because, as we can see in movies, hitmen are pretty in and out when it comes to committing murders, and this one clearly had a lot of emotion and anger behind it. And so the hitman theory, although makes some sense, isn't likely at all. 
Randy Beavers is Missy Beavers' father-in-law, and he actually became a very viable suspect after people started paying very close attention to his walk, as he had a very particular limp almost identical to the person in the video. This stood out to multiple followers of the case after seeing the way he walked into a building while following his son during a news report. He seemed to be walking with almost identical posture and even down to the way his arms swing at his side. There was also another incident that occurred one morning on April 22nd when Randy Beavers arrived at a Midlothian dry cleaners with a white t-shirt stained in blood. Now, of course, we can assume that the worker at the dry cleaners had definitely heard about the ongoing case, and this shocked and worried the worker. They ended up calling the police, and this was picked up as evidence by them later that day. Randy insisted that the shirt was covered in animal blood from his dog who had been involved in a fight with another dog, but it was still taken in for testing. The lab report ended up coming back and it did indeed claim that the blood on the shirt was discovered to be canine blood. Unfortunately, this was not good enough for some who still believed that Randy may have been a prime suspect. As police did more digging, they found out that Randy had also been out of town on a trip in California at the time of the murder. This officially had taken both Randy and Brandon off the suspect list. Another interesting discovery in new surveillance footage that was released by police was from the gun store that was located about a mile down the road from the church. When we watch this footage, you can clearly see a silver Nissan Altima pulling into the parking lot and slowly circling the building. The police announced in a press interview that the vehicle also had an oval bumper sticker on the rear end of the car. We can also see that multiple times while driving through the parking lot, they turn their lights on and off again. This behavior is very unusual to your average person and it doesn't help that it was around 2 a.m. when this was happening, just a couple of hours before the murder took place. Now, since I'm from Midlothian myself, I know that this is very common for a lot of kids to go out and hang out in the middle of the night and there isn't much to do in Midlothian but drive around but this all seems too close together, and I personally don't think it's likely that these two situations aren't connected somehow. The police are still currently looking for this vehicle in question solely so that they can ask the person if they may have any information on the case or possibly find another suspect. It wasn't until 2019, three years after the murder took place, that another new suspect was brought into light, and that was the man named Bobby Wayne Henry. Bobby happened to have a lot in common with this case, but no one had ever heard of this man before the murder. Bobby is a former police officer in the town of Lancaster, Texas, which is about 20 minutes away from Midlothian. He also happened to be a tactical officer and admitted to still owning his tactical gear, yet stated that it no longer fit him. An interesting fact about Bobby that has closely connected him to this case is that he happened to know Missy since he attended some of her prior classes. This caused a lot of eyes to turn towards him once police also discovered that he had somewhat of a criminal record as well. In 2017, he was arrested for child pornography charges and he had been on the radar ever since. 
Since this wasn't his first run-in with the law, it was very easy to make him a possible suspect for the case. Also, get this, he happened to have the exact same date as the person in the video as well. The facts and evidence of this case keep drawing him closer in as a target. But this isn't even the worst part. He also attended Missy's memorial service as a security guard at her own funeral. This is extremely weird to learn from an outside perspective, and I know that in my time of listening and watching crime cases, offenders happen to have a thing for attending or participating in the cases that they are involved in. Unfortunately, this ended up leading nowhere after months of investigation because Bobby 6'1", which is much taller than the police estimate of the height of the suspect on the surveillance footage. He also happened to have an alibi the night of her murder that checked out with the police. Despite help from the FBI, Dallas, and Fort Worth homicide detectives, this case remains unsolved and as we enter 2021, police are still waiting to learn more information as to what happened that terrible morning on April 18th. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Crime Couch. Make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and check out our Instagram. All of our social media links will be in the description below. If you or anyone you know has any tips or information on the Missy Beavers case, you can go ahead and call the Midlothian Crime Stoppers or the Midlothian Police Department because this investigation is still underway and they will definitely take any tips that they can get to get them one step closer to finding the murderer who killed Missy Beavers. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. Large one.